2: Live from MMA Fighting Studios, this is Between the Links. And now, your host, Mike
3: Heck. The iconic voice of Esther Lynn welcomes you to a brand new edition of Between the Links on this Tuesday. Yes, the show is now on Tuesdays officially. And there is a lot to discuss, a lot going on in the combat sports world as always, so let us not waste any time. Let's get right into this thing. As we introduce the challenger, a man who he has not been here in a while. He's been too busy playing golf and preparing for fights and winning fights and dropping stone-cold stunners on people after winning those fights. But he's finally back on the panel. Let us say hello to Brian Boom Kelleher, who just got a victory over Domingo Pilarte a little over a week ago. How are
4: you, sir? Business is booming as usual. I'm happy to be back. I know I was in the trenches, you know, the last couple of times, but uh, now you caught me at a good time. I got got some freedom on my hands.
3: There we go. And now let us introduce the man who has been firing off takes like crazy the last few weeks, not just on this show, but he's been doing them on preview shows, pre-fight shows, post-fight shows. The man is everywhere these days, and he's looking to make it four straight victories here on BTL. Jed Mishu back with us. How are you, my friend?
5: I'm doing great. I did not even realize I had four four in a row, so I'm doing even better. But I just, I also, I learned a new thing. I didn't know, I didn't know Brian was a big golfer. So let me suggest this, Mike. Obviously, I'm about to win this. This is no contest. It's on. It's an unfair match. So we can we can make things even. I will have a, a fist fight with Brian after this. That's also unfair. Uh, clearly, he's going to beat the hell out of me. So it's one and one, and then we can settle things up on the golf course for for the trilogy.
3: You're a golfer, Jed? I, I love golf. Oh, I love, this is excellent news. Golfer. This is excellent news. I, too, love golf. So when we actually, like, get together, we're going to have to play some golf, Jed. It's
5: true, since you also just moved right next to my parents. So, yeah, we can. There's not a lot of great golfing, uh, honestly, where, where you now live. But we'll figure it out. Brian <laughs> can come down. We can settle our beef <laughs> on the links.
4: Let's
3: do it. I love Instead it. It's between the links. It's on the links. On the links. On the links. <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> oh, that's a beautiful thing. So, let us begin today's show with a topic that I know is just going to make a lot of people very happy because they love when we talk about this, especially on an MMA website. But we have to start with the biggest story in combat sports right now the fallout of Jake Paul's split decision win over Tyron Woodley on Sunday we all know about it we've talked about it at nauseum at this point but we have not heard brian kelleher's take on this on the show so let us begin with, with with mr boom kelleher brian what did you think of the fight overall how did you score it what were your takeaways from paul versus woodley
4: yeah i mean i scored the fight for paul uh i, I you know it's one of those things woodley uh you know he he came in and kind of fought just like he has been lately He just a little bit of resistance you know like he puts the forward pressure on but then he doesn't pull the trigger as much you know I thought uh if he would just pull the trigger and, and put a little bit more volume on Paul he could have definitely secured that fight and got the win uh he definitely landed the harder shots that he did it was a couple of good shots that he landed that one knocked you know Paul uh into the ropes but um you know, Paul was just a little bit more active with his hands, with his jab, and I think that got him the win right there. It's unfortunate uh, Woodley uh, went in and and kind of uh, held back and didn't really pull the trigger enough.
3: Jed, let's go to what Jake Paul had to say on social media on Monday. He was very active. He said a few things, but I, I want to touch on two things in particular. One, Jake Paul tweets out the guidelines for Tyron Woodley getting this tattoo based on officially the worst combat sports bet ever in the history of all bets to this point. And the other, he said, updated status, retired boxer. So what's more likely to be true? Woodley getting this tattoo or Jake Paul retiring from boxing?
5: Woodley getting the tattoo is obviously more likely to be true. I wouldn't say that I think that's super likely. Uh, Look, we, we talked about this on the, on the post-fight show right after it happened. It's malpractice that Tyron Woodley doesn't have the tattoo already. If I was on his team in his corner, as soon as Jake Paul said it in the cage, he should have done it anyway, just so we're clear. He made a bet. Be a man of your word, even if you don't think you lost. Again, I scored the fight a draw. You still lost officially. You got to get this tattoo regardless. But you managed to leverage a, a useless asset, this tattoo, because you already should have it, into maybe getting another title fight. If I was, or not a title fight, Jake Paul fight, whatever, a bag fight, let's call it that. Uh, <laughs> if I'm if I'm on top Woodley's team, like, hey man, when you go to the press conference, let's just get Tattoo Baby right there. You can sit there, answer questions, jack your leg all the way up on the table, and, and get her putting I Love Jake Paul on top of it. Let's go make this happen Capitalize on any momentum you have so you can get another bag. He didn't do it, and now 50 uh, 50 gets the tattoo in the first place. Uh, but yeah, eh, Jake Paul's won 100% boxing again, so that's obviously more likely.
3: Brian, what do you think? Do you think there's any chance Tyron gets this tattoo? Do you, do you think this happens at all?
4: I think he might get it, man. I mean, you got to be a man of your word, right? So I think he might actually do it. So, I mean, probably not in a spot that you could see it uh he probably should get fallen in and out of love with jake paul instead of just (laughs) i love jake paul that would be that would be a little bit better in my opinion but uh i think uh you know i I don't think jake paul is going to retire i think he still wants you know he made that big hit list i think he still wants to continue doing this and build a legacy out of this but uh you know you know how it is in mma and all of combat sports when you when you hint at a retirement it, it just makes headlines it makes a lot of noise a lot of people get behind it talking about you and that's probably what he's doing and then you know just building the next fight
3: yeah and and him putting that out there basically to me was the nail in the coffin of this rematch like it's just not happening and there's nothing really available for him right now that makes any sense like I, the Tommy Fury fight, sure, it's there. I don't like his chances in that fight. I don't think his team likes his chances in that fight, as Jed talked about on the post fight show. Yeah, maybe Mazidal's not fighting him. Diaz isn't fighting him. Connor's not fighting him. They're all under UFC contract. There's no way Dana's going to send those guys over there. So there's literally nobody else. Maybe Anderson Silva, maybe Tito Ortiz. I don't see that happening, Jed. I know you were fighting for that one, but let me just kind of go back to the Tyrant thing. Boom. Do you you want to see a rematch like Woodley wants it? It will dive into more where he could go in a few moments after Sunday. But do we need to see a rematch like as a fan outside of seeing a fellow mixed martial artist receive a nice paycheck or a nice bag? As Jed said, do you want to see a rematch between these two guys? Do you care about it?
4: no i personally don't i mean it's one of those things like i feel like paul kind of did he made a statement where like okay he can compete with a guy who has done big things in combat sports like that's the statement that he proved uh but woodley also is the perfect guy to do that against right now with a guy that's not really in the best mindset and not really the most aggressive guy, a guy that's going to really put it on you volume wise and stuff and and make you face adversity. I mean, he has the power. He did land a shot, but I don't really need to see this fight again there wasn't really much controversy to it and 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 for woodley it's really like you said he's trying to catch another bag you know that's that's woodley's phrase right now he's it's all for the bag right now and that's you know he's gonna push a rematch as much as he can because you're just gonna double up on a paycheck again so why not for him um He might get lucky, you know, if if there's nothing else out there for Paul and they can somehow stir the pot up some more with this whole tattoo thing and build it again, I'm sure people will watch. But for me, I can care less about another fight.
3: What about you, Jed? I mean, you scored this thing a draw. You spoke for the entire website by scoring this a draw on Sunday. So a rematch must interest you greatly.
5: See, I didn't score a draw. (laughs) MMAfighting.com, our (laughs) official position, is that that was a draw. That's what you get for, for making me live-blog stuff, <laughs> Brian. Uh, look, I have no interest. I, I didn't want to see this in the first place. I was intrigued and interested, but it wasn't like if I was check writing a list of things that I, if I had my druthers I'd have, uh, Paul Woodley wasn't anywhere near it. Like This was just something that was made, and I was interested in the dynamics. I'm far less interested in the rematch. Uh, the only reason I think you do the rematch is kind of like you said, Jake Paul doesn't have any other options right now. Look, I've I've been on the record, I've been beating this drum since day one with Jake Paul. The the end point is a match with Conor McGregor that will break many pay-per-view records probably and do enormous business. And that's coming, but it's not coming for a year and a half, basically. Conor still has two fights left on his UFC contract, and he's obviously recovering from the leg injury. So Jake Paul has nothing until that can happen. And the earliest that can happen is this time next year. And that's still uh, even pretty uh, optimistic, I guess we'll call it that. So he, if he wants to keep doing things, and I think he does both because he's buying into a little bit of his own hype right now. He's believing that he is a, a real fighter. And by many definitions, that's true, though he's not a really good boxer. Uh, And So if he wants to keep doing this, he wants to keep making money. This thing is making a lot of money. He needs to fight somebody, and anybody else he fights, I I don't like his chances. Anderson Silva would beat the hell out of him. So I I just don't know who Jake Paul faces that isn't either viewed as a huge step back or that runs a real risk of, of hurting him and then taking the Conor McGregor fight off the table. I think Tyron Woodley is one of the very few people who does offer something in that regard, but... We've seen, my opinion has changed since fight night because we've seen so many people have total disinterest in that. I just don't really think there's a way Tyron Woodley gets that fight again. Nobody is, is interested in watching it happen again. Uh, and so Jake Paul's going to have to find something new for Tyron. He needs to go all in on the Logan thing because that's his only other chance to get in the bag at this point. Because otherwise he's probably going to be in like BKFC or something in the next year.
3: Brian, what do you what, what do you think about this whole thing? Like, this has nothing to do with the show, but I'm just curious what you think about this whole this this whole Jake Paul surge and what he's done, the attention he's brought to boxing, at least from a different kind of audience. Like, what have you just what have you made of this whole thing?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You know, it's one of those things. Like, uh, for a fighter that puts in you know his whole life of work to try to get to the top and make paydays, like like this guy's making it kind of. It's hard to, to, to digest, but also I do respect the fact that a guy that is coming into the game rich and, and has all the money in the world is willing to at least test himself and put himself in harm's way you know, when he doesn't have to. He could just keep doing his YouTube thing and, and invest in other businesses. So I do see that aspect of things and that, and that I, I can respect for sure.
3: Well, we will see what happens with young Jake Paul, who he will fight next, when he will fight next. But we're going to talk more about Tyron Woodley in round number two. But the point for round number one goes to... Got to give it to Boom. Got to give it to Boom. Because he put out the actual tattoo idea that that should have happened. And there you go. Uh, Very good start to this battle. But... Let's talk about Tyron Woodley because Jake Paul sort of made all the headlines as expected. Let's talk about Woodley where he sits now compared to where he was heading into this fight. As we reported earlier today, he made $2 million for his purse for this fight. I'm sure he'll get a bunch more once the gate uh, bonuses and pay-per-view revenue comes in. But there was a lot of talk about his legacy heading into this fight and where it goes after this fight, etc. So I'm curious, Jed... Now that we've had like a couple days to digest all of this, most people would say although he lost and he had his moments where he was frustrating MMA fans around the world by not engaging, by not throwing punches, most felt Woodley had a pretty solid account of himself on Sunday. So, do you feel like this fight, going the distance with Jake Paul, did it hurt his legacy? Did it help his legacy? Or did nothing happen at all in that regard?
5: Yeah, nothing happened to his legacy. There's just up to his bottom line is up to his bank account uh, and good for the man. I said, coming into the fight that regardless of what happened and we talked about on previous show, regardless of what happened, it was not going to influence my views on time. Woodley's legacy and in, in mixed martial arts. And really that, that is his legacy. I, I know that he has some wrestling pedigree, but it, he wasn't a world champion or really a, a wrestler of significant note in that regard. He he's an MMA fighter. That is his career. That is what he has accomplished by far the most in. That's where he's a Hall of Famer. And whatever happened against Jake Paul wasn't going to affect that at all. And uh, we could argue whether he gave a good accounting of himself or not. He he did not embarrass himself in the same way that Ben Askren did. And there is a real benefit to that. Though many people would argue that he did embarrass himself after the fight, begging for a rematch, which is how a lot of people took that post-fight uh display from him but i don't think it affected his legacy at all i think he just he made money and look at the end of the day we joke about it we make snide little comments but this is prize fighting this isn't fist this is fist fights for money and he he got the most money he's ever gotten for a single fist fight he made a flat two mil plus whatever the back end on that's going to be he can take care of mama woodley who is a gem and a delight and the greatest living American. I know that (laughs) Johnny used to call Brian Stan the greatest living American. And maybe it was true at the time, though I still think that's probably a lie because Mama Woodley has been alive for the full time that, that Brian Stan has been alive. And she has been the greatest living American that whole time. So Kyron can take care of her. He can take care of his family he can do whatever he wants continue to pursue music to the detriment of all of us with ears it's great he he got the bag and that's all that mattered
3: what do you think boo i'm curious to get the fighter perspective on this um how do you feel like this changed woodley's legacy or did it change at all like did it take a bump up a bump down stay the same what do you think
4: I think it kind of stayed the same like jed said i mean I, I didn't take much away from this because this wasn't like a real competitive fight for someone of his legacy in mma you know the the people that he's fought in mma you know and then to go into a fight with jake paul who only has four boxing fights i know it's different sport boxing but like they were saying you know woodley's been training boxing for i don't know how many years you know 10 plus years and he went in and, and went to a decision with a guy that you know four fights deep in boxing and and, and not even really a respectable resume or anything like that. So as far as like fighting goes, you look at it and you are like, you would think Woodley would be able to take a guy like that out. So that's the only thing I take away as far as like a loss. But he, the damage was already done in MMA. You know, he already was kind of falling off bad in, in MMA and wasn't really fighting like the old Woodley for a while now. And everybody saw that. So uh, maybe we, we thought, you know, because he's fighting Jake Paul, he can come out and, and just put him away in the first round. And then we're like, okay, maybe Woodley has some boxing that he can do. But from this fight, I really don't take much from it. I don't think like there's a future for him in boxing or anything. Like I said, it's all about money. And, and he just got his biggest payday, which is crazy to say. But he just wants to do- keep doing that as much as he can before he calls it a day. Tyron is
3: an interesting cat because Jed you talked about this before and I'm curious to kind of get your take on this now because we talked about like we talked about Nate Diaz and him finding his way into these conversations and I'm not comparing the two at all but Tyron Woodley despite losing four fights in a row in MMA and and losing pretty badly in all of them he still finds a way to get people on board with what he's saying like the entire time the build to this fight I'm like Jake Paul is going to knock Tyron Woodley out in the first three rounds. Like, this fight is not going to be competitive. It's going to be bad. Like, I was preparing myself for heartache and sadness. But then, like, fight week comes along, and Tyron does the interview with with Ariel, and then he's doing the press conference, and he's saying all these things. And it made me think, like, maybe Tyron can do it. Maybe he can do it. And then he comes out, and he has his moment at the end of the third and into the fourth with the, the near knockdown. But then it's, like, the same Tyron who just doesn't throw. Like, how did... How is Tyron able to do this? Like, how is he able to get people on board when a lot of people are like, there's no chance he He has no chance in this fight. He's going to get knocked up by Jake Paul. But during fight week, they're like, wow, this guy just says the right things. The way he's handling this mentally, maybe he can do this. Like, how is he doing this, Jed?
5: Because it's all, because at least from the outward perspective, it's all mental, right? Like, Tyron Woodley is not going in the cage and getting obliterated. He's not going in and getting getting rocked with the simplest punch. The way he is aged is he he can't pull the trigger anymore. And especially for I, I, honestly, I would love to hear Brian's perspective on this as like an actual fighter. Uh, but as, from the outside perspective, it's really easy to just view what has happened to Tyron Woodley and say he he just doesn't have it mentally. He's he needs to to get back in that zone or whatever, because he still has the physical capability. He's still one of the most athletic dudes that's ever competed in this sport. He still has crazy knockout power and the ability to wrestle and all those things that got him to a title in several defenses. But the sole reason he is losing, uh, at least the way it looks in a lot of ways, is just he just won't do anything. And so for people who aren't in there. Uh, For fans watching, it's just like, oh, well, why didn't he? He hurt Jake Paul. Why didn't he just go punch him some more? All he had to do was keep punching him, and he would have quit. Like, Jake Paul would have been done, and then he would have won the game. But Tyron can't do that anymore, and I think we see this with with other aging fighters losing the ability to pull the trigger is kind of the hallmark of of aging out of the game. We saw it with Anderson Silva a lot in his UFC career as well, but we also saw a physical decline with Anderson and so there was just less of a ah Anderson's rejuvenated, he's motivated. I think it is almost entirely that Tyron looks like he can still compete, he just isn't there mentally. And so it's easy to believe him when he says I'm there mentally now, like I'm I'm in this place, I'm in the right headspace. I'm gonna come out, I'm gonna take his head off, and then he, you know, fools us for the fifth time in a row and he doesn't come out and try and take his head off.
3: What 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 is your take on this, Brian? Like Tyron has this way of doing this, and like when Ben Asker was talking about not about knocking out Jake Paul in like the fifth or sixth round, like we all we all laughed at the guy, we laughed at him. We're like, you're not gonna do any of these things, like. It's just not gonna happen. The best thing we can hope for is that Ben Askren can somehow find a way to survive and go the distance. But when Tyron says these things, despite being on the schneid like he's been on, like we didn't laugh at it. We felt that this is a very possible this is the the, the possibility is very strong in this. Like, how does Tyron continue to do this when his performances sort of speak otherwise?
4: You know tyron's been doing this for quite some time he speaks with a lot of conviction i feel like he you know the way he speaks is very articulate and uh and it it really makes you kind of question and believe like oh this is this is he means this like he feels this this is real and he was doing this in his latest you know mma fights before those fights too he was kind of talking the same way and then he comes out and his performance is, is lackluster his aggression is lackluster and that could have to do it multiple things you know to me it seems like a guy that is almost afraid of fatigue whatever happened to him in the usman fight where he says you know he just wasn't himself and he and he just like stayed back against the cage and he and he took a beating there like i feel like he was almost fearing uh fatigue you know And, and that traveled into his future performances it was almost like that one right there kind of stuck with him and then he carried that in through to the rest And then you got to also think he's he's getting a flat rate and pay so he's not really making like a show win. it's like he's making he's at that stage where he gets like a good show money and that's all he needs and those kind of guys you know at that late in their career they they don't really care necessarily sometimes if they win because they're getting paid the same so it was like maybe leaving the ufc was the biggest blessing for him and he was kind of done with that whole thing because he knew that something was laying on the outside for him You know something like this a big you know super fight with a with a with a big name where he can get paid even more even if he loses this fight he still gets paid more than he was in the ufc so kind of a smart move you know but uh but interesting because he was at one point saying i'm the best welterweight in the world best welterweight in the world he used to always say that and he really believed it but it is really really weird to hear him speak in such conviction and then go out and perform that way
3: so where does he go from here brian Does Tyron Woodley entertain Bellator, PFL? I don't think the UFC is going to want him back anytime soon just because of the money and all that. Does he enter the world of bare-knuckle boxing? Because there's some interesting matchups over there for him that would get people's attention. Maybe he just says, screw it. I don't need this fighting thing anymore. I could do my music. I can act. Why am I doing this? Like, What do you think? Where does he go from Sunday?
4: Uh, you know, the one thing I could think of is if I know he's going to chase down this rematch as much as he can until it either happens or doesn't. But then, you know, bare knuckle is building their brand and they're taking guys like Woodley who have big names and and, and big followings and, and bringing them in to try to build that up. So, you know, the little incident with him and Hector Lombard, they had that on film at the bare knuckle. That's a fight they can make it or look for and and bare paying these guys pretty well too especially the big names coming in that they can utilize to build the brand so i could see that happening but the music i mean falling in and out of love in and out of love with you i mean he has to pass the torch you know
3: <laughs> what do you think jed like you, six months from now where is tyron woodley competing is he competing
5: uh, 50-50 is competing at all. Uh, it depends on his appetite to continue competing. How much do we take what he's saying at face value versus as public negotiation? Because he kept saying uh, this whole thing. One, my least favorite phrase in the entire world, the fact Tom Woodley said it 400 times in the last 48 hours, is infuriating. This whole thing was a movie. Like, what kind of movie? A horror movie? A comedy? Uh, a romance? Like what? This is, this is an awful, stupid phrase. That's how you know I'm old because and time is older than me, so he's too old to be saying that shit is all I'm saying but his whole, this whole there's a movie and I can't go back to fighting in small shows if that's real then he can't fight anymore because nobody that's as big as Showtime in this event is on the door for him like the best he can hope for is, is BKFC PFL, maybe Bellator though Scott Coker has shown less interest in signing kind of faded veterans than sort of is his normal mo recently. Uh, PFL, you could do a rematch with Roy McDonald. Ray Cooper's kind of always there. You got some options that could be interesting um, if he really wants to, to exercise that competitive urge. But if he's just trying to get paid, trying to stay relevant out there, uh, and he really does mean, you know, I don't want to do anything unless it's, it's spectacular. The only hope he has is Logan Paul. And I don't even know that that's likely given just how disinterested, the broader community has seemed to be in a, in a Paul rematch with Woodley. So I honestly think that in six months, he probably hasn't fought again. Uh, He probably is working on his music, which is very unfortunate for all of us. We'd be better. (laughs) So if not go act, you like can act a little bit and you're very good in the booth time. Woodley just not everybody is built for music and you are unfortunately not. And I'm very sorry for that. If it makes you happy, do what makes you happy. But I would love to not have to know about it anymore. (laughs)
3: <laughs> well, I mean, the good news is the man made a hefty paycheck on Sunday, and that number will, will probably continue to increase over the next several weeks. So good on him. But let's talk about what Giga Chikadze did on Saturday. The point for round two goes to... Jed Mishu steals it at the end. I thought Kelleher was going to go up 2 nothing after the sing-song, but... Uh, Jed comes through, and you even never he...
5: hear me sing, Mike. That's I know that I have limitations, and I, that is not that's not a thing I can do.
3: And you mentioned uh, sh- and you mentioned Showtime without like completely burying him so that was good. Yeah, it's because I I got yelled at for just
5: <laughs> <laughs> laying into them. <laughs> <laughs> I got got yelled at because I keep keep talking a mad amount of shit at Showtime. I'm curious
3: who yells at you. Yeah, I want to know this too. Don't worry about,
5: uh, <laughs> don't worry about my the people I answer to. Did, Steve, did Steven Did Stephen Espinoza call you? Showtime for no reason.
3: <laughs> did Steven Espinoza pick up the telephone? Hit you up? Look, the me
5: and Steve are on pretty good terms now. We like like Sean O'Malley and Sean Shelby. We talked it out, and we're good now.
3: All right. Well, that's good to know. That's good to know. I'm excited for these pre-fight shows in the future. But let's talk about UFC Vegas 35, an interesting event. We had two new Ultimate Fighter champions. Daniel Rodriguez gets the biggest win of his career. But Giga Chikadze goes out there and makes a giant statement. He stops Edson Barboza in the third round. He puts on a show, an absolute clinic with the striking. The guy was on fire, and he gets the biggest win of his career by far. So, Jed, I want to start with you here because you said some things on the show last week that you were fully confident in, and none of those things happened. So, your reaction... To Chikadze's performance and victory over Edson Barboza.
5: Let's calm down with that, Shane <laughs> I said two things last week, and one of them did happen. I was extremely right about Daniel Rodriguez versus Kevin Lee. I was also extremely wrong about Giga Chikadze <laughs> and Edson <laughs> Barboza. That's fifty percent. In the majors, I'd be I'd be great if I bet five hundred. I met That's with awesome. this fight. I met with this fight. With your, Ah, uh, you were awful and terrible. I was half awful. <laughs> I was half beaten. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, so Vigichikaze pressed the hell out of me is basically it. Like, all in the lead up to this fight, I was pretty confident in Edson Barbosa because Edson Barbosa has never lost a fight where the fighter consented to, to fight his fight, where he could fight a kickboxing battle at range. Uh, I thought that, yeah, Giga Chikotsi has a you know a, a solid background in, in kickboxing Muay Thai, but I thought that that was a little bit overblown um, as him being the greatest striker that's ever existed, and I just thought that the physical advantages were with Edson. I, I really liked how Edson's made the cut to 145. It seems like he really does fit in featherweight very well, and I just thought they were going to have a, a slow-paced range kickboxing bout, and eventually Edson's power and speed would— Would just kind of carry the day there also i thought edson could grapple with him if he wanted to edson no slots on the ground but instead uh edson didn't at all try to grapple and giga i will say that giga was was doing good and arguably winning when they were fighting the edson fight but he won the bout and looked the best when he just came forward instead of consenting to being on the outside and trading kicks then as soon as he started pressuring edson uh, Edson collapsed. He got hit by a bunch of shots and was hurt and dropped. I just hadn't seen that coming from Giga because that's not usually what he's consented to do. He's been happy to to stick on the outside and kind of play a, a touch game and look for the big body kicks and stuff. But, yeah, uh, he impressed the hell of me, man, because I did not see that coming. Uh, and I have a really, really high regard for Edson Barbosa, what he's accomplished in this sport. Uh, and so, yeah, Giga watch out featherweights. gigas gigas there man
3: what did you think boom this is uh, a guy competing in the to weight division the quarantine weight class that you you fought in many times last year what did you think of giga chikadze his his first main event and the way he came through
4: I'm only fighting Bantamweights at featherweight. Let that be known. I'm not fighting these, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> these real featherweights here. But uh, no, I was I was really impressed. You know, I, I kind of was on the same page before the fight with, with leaning towards Barboza, just more explosive to me, a little bit more devastating with his strikes, you know, and also the way bigger resume. And Giga comes in and makes a big statement. You could tell in, in that guy's eyes, like he was there to make a statement, you know, uh, make an example out of Barboza. And It's You know, he stayed patient. He was landing good kicks. You know, he did land that body kick a couple times, just kind of slowly chipping away at Barboza. And, uh, you know, once you put the forward pressure on Barboza, that's when he seems to crumble a little bit. If you can kind of get his back against the cage and get him a little bit overwhelmed, um, you know, you're seeing guys like Gaethje do it. He put hands on him and kept that forward pressure on him. That's when he, he, he has downfall so I was really impressed with Giga his speed too you know I didn't expect him to be the faster guy. I thought he looked a little bit faster out there as well and uh, and he, he's a tall lengthy featherweight that's gonna uh, pose a lot of issues for those guys over there. Uh, I, I, I think he's he's shooting for the stars trying to fight a Max Holloway but uh, but that'd be an interesting fight to see for sure.
3: So, Brian, when you when you look at Giga Chikaze right now, especially after that performance, I mean, do you do you see champion like 145 is loaded? It's a vastly underrated division. It's kind of like where Bantamweight was three or four years ago. Like people didn't really appreciate the depth and some of the up and coming talent that is in that division. And I think featherweight is kind of in that spot right now. But do you see Chikadze being in the same place as a Volkanovski and Ortega, even the Max Holloway's of the world, or is he not quite there just yet?
4: I'd say he's not quite there just yet. I do see him getting there and challenging those guys. I just right now, if you ask me if he beats Holloway, I say no. Uh, If you ask me if he beats Volkanovski, I say no. We haven't really seen him challenge too much on the ground. I don't know how he reacts to that kind of deal, you know, being taken down over and over. Like a a guy like Volkanovski could do that to him. I feel like if he had to. So uh, I don't think he's there yet, but I think he's on his way.
3: What say you, Mr. Mishu? How how would he fare against the Volkanovskis, the Hallways? I kind of know where you're going with the Brian Ortega thing because I think you think anybody can be Brian Ortega. It's just the way you view him. But uh, I'm I'm putting words in your mouth a lot this week. I'm putting putting words in your mouth a lot this week. But what did you think?
5: You you can always put the words Brian Ortega sucks in my mouth because that dude sucks. He's just not good. I can't help that. he loses every fight and then magically wins, except for Korean Zombie. But Korean Zombie got hurt on like the first punch, so whatever. Dude sucks. Uh, Giga <laughs> Giga. Uh, everybody else, I don't really like Giga's chances <laughs> at this particular moment. Uh, it's really tough for me to say that this is a dude who's a legitimate title threat. I mean, he obviously is, insofar as he's going to be a top eight, top 10 guy um, with a really dangerous skill set, but. Again, one of the things we talked about, like just because he beat Edson doesn't change all the stuff we said before that fight. Like he got tapped out on the Contender Series like two and a half years ago. Like he's not, he hasn't been tested on the ground a lot. Edson is by far his biggest win, and it's a great win, but we didn't see any grappling exchange there. Uh, and I, I need to see that before I can feel any level of confidence that he can make a run at the title, and even that, uh, he's 33, and featherweight is, uh, the light, the lighter weight class you go, usually the harder it is to age, and he's he's just starting a real run at the division right now. It's going to be hard for me to feel confident, especially because I, I think I view Ale, Alexander Volkanovsky in higher regard than most people. I think that dude is one of the best fighters I've ever seen in my life. Uh, And he is unbelievably skilled and talented and his mental game is exceptional. I don't think anybody really registers like that rematch with, with Holloway is stunningly impressive to me. And nobody talks about how Holloway entirely reinvented himself for their rematch and looked way better and gets a lot of credit for that because he came in, he, he learned from the mistakes in the first fight, but Alexander Volkanovsky did that mid-fight. He didn't take a whole fight camp and refer to his coaches. He's like, okay, well, Max has changed things up, and after two rounds I'm losing, I need to adjust to these. He did that on the fly and won three rounds on the back end, which is unbelievably impressive against somebody as good as Max Holloway to be able to do that. So I don't think anybody's beating, frankly, I don't think anyone's beating Volko for a while uh and so i really don't think giga's doing it and especially not there's just still some unknowns still need to see what he can do this guy's not that far removed from winning dubious split decisions over guys who aren't in the ufc anymore like great performance take nothing away from that but i'm not willing to call him a title contender until i see him do that against more high level competition than just the one
3: it's a game of inches i thought he lost to jamal emmers i thought he lost that fight Talking about yeah. the wrestling and the grappling. I thought he lost, but here we are. Now he's knocking on the door of top six, seven, maybe even a top five opponent. What's that guy, Jed? Who, who should he fight now?
5: Uh, I mean, honestly, I know it's a little ridiculous for him to have made the Max Holloway call out um, just because there's a big gap in their ranking. But I don't hate that fight because Max needs to fight somebody else. Unless If Ortega wins coming up here, then Max will get the first title shot. Like, that's how that will play out. But if he doesn't, and again, Ortega sucks, and Volkanovski is one of the best <laughs> fighters I've ever seen in my life. So Volkanovski can win that fight. Uh, and at that point, Volko's been pretty clear he doesn't want to rematch Max. Max needs to get some more wins. Max needs to take a win. He was going to fight Yair Rodriguez, and that fell through. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't hate a Giga fight. Uh, similarly, if Giga fights Yair, I'd be fine. If Zabit ever fights again, I don't know where Zabit is with that whole thing, but that would be a great test of his ability to grapple and do things. So anybody in that top five, I'd be fine with. Uh, He should really not fight Arnold Allen. I think that would be like the one fight that would be a terrible misstep for Giga professionally. Uh, But other than that, anybody in that top five, go for it.
3: What do you think, Brian? What's the fight? Giga Chikadze versus... Blank.
4: I'm thinking uh i'm thinking korean zombie i don't know if he's booked but he showed a good display of grappling against Ige, who is a really solid grappler and, and you know uh, uh korean zombies he's very well rounded like he has the striking too like he'll he'll go to war with you if he has to so i think that's a good matchup right there to kind of see where giga's at uh and, and testing himself in, in all realms of mma for sure
3: yeah i i like that idea as well uh they threw him in there with cater wouldn't hate it, wouldn't love it, but I wouldn't hate it, especially after, you know, the the fight Cater just had with Holloway, but
5: I'm a little reticent to watch Cater get teed off on again.
4: Yeah.
3: I don't know that it would happen,
5: but like if that's that's just one of those fights where Cater win or lose, Cater's gonna take some shots and I would really like to watch him not get punched in the head for a while.
3: I think a lot of people would agree with you, but I am completely impressed with Chikadze. That was some performance, some showing it's a very violent and underappreciated Edson Barboza. Yeah, if they did Chikadze zombie, I think that's a great test. Hell, if Josh Emmett's ready to go before the end of the year, I know he's been dealing with some hiccups in the recovery process from that crazy fight he had with Shane Burgos. You want to do Giga versus Josh Emmett? I'm down for that one too, because Josh has that power, but Josh can wrestle like a mofo too. That's a good one. So Yeah, they're all good. They're Dude, all good.
5: Featherweight, featherweight's like lightweight bantamweight. Like, there's no wrong way to eat that Reese's, man. It's true.
3: <laughs> we'll see where this all goes. With a point for round three, goes to... Goes to Jed Mishu. Jed Mishu. Well spoken. Took it on the chin.
4: Well done. So... I get hit in the head for a living, all right? I can't speak <laughs> as <laughs> smooth as Jed over here. I know. It's unbelievable. But... <laughs>
1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
3: Going back to the broadcast, one thing we saw on the broadcast for UFC Vegas 35 this past Saturday, UFC 268 will take place November 6th, and it will, in fact, at least right now, in the year of our Lord, 2021 on August 31st, take place at the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden in New York. Kamar Uzin versus Colby Covington 2, the main event for the welterweight title. Rose Nami Yunus versus Zhang Lee 2, Not Carlos Sparza 2 for the strawweight title and the co-main event. Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler, Sean Strickland versus Luke Rockhold, Frankie Edgar versus Marlon Vera. GDR is back against Arini Aldana. And even the return of Raging Al taking on Bobby Green. These are all official for the promotion's return to msg brian kelleher we begin with you when you saw this card on your television screen or on mmafighting.com how did you react to it
4: i i thought it was amazing you know i thought they really loaded the deck so far and i I hope everything goes smooth and and keeps up uh but yeah i was was really excited for a lot of these matchups um you know colby's obviously given usman his hardest fight so far i think that you know that is a really uh highly anticipated rematch right there and they'll build the hell out of it too and uh and i think um th- you know rose probably should have fought esparza but i'm interested to see how how weili Zhang, you know uh comes back off of that knockout how she faces it mentally you know and uh see if this is a, a different fight or not and luke rockhold's been out for quite some time i'm excited to see that because. You know, he's fighting a guy that right now is just a lion in there, just careless, reckless, and and, and fun to watch. So that's going to be awesome.
3: What do you think, Jed? Was this a yay, a boo, or an eh? UFC 268. I have so many thoughts,
5: Mike. I have so many thoughts. <laughs> many of them were positive, but they were all overshadowed. The very first thing I thought when I looked at it was, damn, that was a really good fight card. And the second thing I thought was, damn, Trevor Whitman's going to be coach of the year. Uh, and the third thing I thought was, damn, the UFC did Carlos Barza friggin' dirty, man, friggin' dirty. Like, I knew we all saw it coming. So it's it's hard to be, like, mad about the punch you know is being thrown and you just watch it hit you. But still, like, doing the immediate rematch, there is almost nothing I hate more in this sport than immediate rematches. Even for longtime champions, like, I didn't think Anderson should have gotten an immediate rematch against Chris Wideman because you beat the champ you should get to have that count you shouldn't have to do it twice for it to stick also we've historically seen that immediate rematches don't usually work out for the person who lost so i hate it i was super unhappy that they were going to do it from a principal standpoint and also just like look at wiley Zhang's record like just go check it out real quick i know that she is a champion i'm not here to say that she wasn't a deserving champion she absolutely was she beat the hell out of jessica and and got it other than that, she really only has, like, a couple of great wins. It's not like she's cleaned out the division in any respect. She's got Tisha Torres, good win. Jessica Andrade, split decision with Yanni and Jay Chick. Those are her good wins, and then the loss to Rose. A Very respectable resume, but it's not like, well, we just have. She's beaten everybody else. Who else could we put in her, her in against? You got plenty of options. And Carla Esparza did everything right. She is doing everything that you want. a a person to do. She has five wins since her last loss, all of them over good ranked opposition. All of them, like she beat Yan Xiaonan, who was, I think number three at the time or whatever. And clearly if Yan Xiaonan had won that fight, she gets the title fight because make no mistake, this is just the UFC wants Chinese champion. That's all it is. We can call it what it is here. They would like to at least have the opportunity to have a Chinese champion because of what that means for their growing business in that market, one of the richest, most interesting markets for any business. If Janjan had beaten Carla Esparza, she'd have gotten the title fight. Because she lost, Esparza doesn't get the title fight, and now Wiley gets to run it back. And that's not even mentioning the fact that you're running a huge risk with Wiley Jean. Like, I know that she is super good and has all these wins. Her last two fights are fight of the year, fight of the decade, fight of the ever with Janjanjicic which she took a ton of damage in and then getting colded by Rose Namahunis in 90 seconds. If she gets got again, that's a really bad run for any combat sports athlete. And you should maybe try not to create situations where this very marketable, very good commodity might just be blown up. Like I think it's horrible matchmaking in every sense of the word. And I hate it. And that took up almost all of my focus. But then after that, the rest of it's really cool. I'm not going to talk about the main event because Colby Covington's a coward. He will not come on between the links and and challenge me. I've challenged him many times. So I hope you get got Colby, and then maybe you'll have, have the stones to step into my arena. Uh, Justin Gage and Michael Chandler is uh, Justin Gage's best fighter in the world, as far as I'm concerned. I love that man like a, like my own child. Uh, so I'll watch anything he does. Uh, Sean Strickland, Luke Rockhold, that's going to be something. Um, and I probably will hate most of the talk about between them beforehand, but sure. Uh, Frankie Edgar, who doesn't love a Frankie Edgar fight? Um, Cheeto Vera, wonderful person and fighter. And Rage Now, Bobby Green. That's like a really good fight that no one's going to care about because the rest of this card's so stacked. So it's awesome and I can't
4: wait.
3: Brian, what would you rate this on a scale of 1 to 10 right now?
4: Like I said earlier, I think it's like a nine right now. You need to a couple more, you know, a little bit more flavor, uh, you know, throw a little. What kind of yeah, what kind throw of flavor? Boom, throw a little boom in there, a <laughs> uh, little baldy Ed. Uh, man, I I, you know, I think I got plenty of time, you know. So I think uh, it works out perfect timeline wise. I think they'll throw me in there, um, you know, just just put me on the TV prelims. That'll be nice. There you go. Last Who's thing, trying to get the action with boom. Oh yeah. Well, we already well, know. I mean, yeah, we, we already kind of know. Uh, I I've only called him out about five times <laughs> so far, uh, but I've had uh, I've had no luck, man. He he's not mentioning me. He's you know, he's uh, but he, but he did say he does want to fight unranked guys, and uh, I'm I fit the bill. Let's do this. Well, do I need to start calling him out because
5: I I I've already given Colby enough smoke, and he's just too afraid. I'm happy to throw smoke for other people. At any point in time, I have no problem bad mouthing fighters.
4: Go ahead. Throw smoke at O'Malley. He's gonna, he's gonna take the smoke. That's for sure. So,
3: <laughs> throw it, Jed. I want to hear it. Oh man, uh,
5: I don't know because this is my verge. I'm not a particular fan of Sean O'Malley, so this is my verge on personal and mean. Because uh, I, I respect his belief that he should not fight anybody good. Uh, that's a great idea. I don't know you're <laughs> gonna beat anybody good, bro uh if you're gonna get all the same money and people are gonna treat you like a star cool i don't get your whole thing i'm not sure why you're popular uh but i'm not gonna hate on a man making money but if i'm a boy boom because uh yeah you'll get got actually don't fight boom that's actually a terrible idea you will lose and it will be very unfortunate for you
4: (laughs) what'd you think of that promo brian it's beautiful, man. I think uh, I think you know what. My last performance doesn't help me because I I wrestled the shit out of that guy, and uh, that's probably the last thing O'Malley wants to deal with. So uh, that might have hurt me a little bit there, but you never know. You never know. He said I get paid the same to fight whoever, so I think I, I think I'm I'm perfect for the fit. We we need to just next time you
5: go out there because it's not going to be against him because he won't do it. Just suck. Be awful.
4: <laughs> Just be terrible, and then maybe he'll be like, "Oh, I want to fight that dude next." I've I've tried that a couple times against some top fifteen guys, man. It's not working out. But you gotta try it against not top fifteen guys. That's, That's the problem, right. man.
5: That's you gotta true. do it against a real can of tomatoes out there. Look awful against some garbage, and then they'll be like, "That's my guy."
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so sold. Let's do uh, Kelleher versus O'Malley. At can UFC you go back to
5: like the regional scene somewhere? Because then O'Malley might be in. <laughs> like, I could back Yeah.
3: Are you besmirching the good name of Chris Batina right now, or the UFC? No,
5: Chris Batina impressed the hell out of me because damn dude right he did. A coffin nail. That dude was fire. Also. Uh, Props to him He's going to fight again Before O'Malley does Because that dude Is insanely tough
3: He sure is So there you go UFC 268 We will see what will happen Come November At MSG Hopefully It all goes according to plan Uh, But the point For round four Goes to The man who will hopefully be fighting On that card At UFC 268 Brian Boom Kelleher, With some help from Jed Michoud Putting him over the top we are tied. That means it is time for the knock-around.
5: I not knock over the top for this, Mike. Oh, Try well, to put everybody. him over the top for a fight.
3: It <laughs> means it's time for the knockout round. Yes, there could be knockouts when Boom Kelleher takes on Sean O'Malley at UFC 268. We'll see if that happens. But one question will decide it all for these two gentlemen. They'll each have one minute to answer. Once they do, we will turn it on over to a surprise. Who we are waiting on right now to render the final decision. And I've I been told... It's not Sean O'Malley. But I will say, uh, this person has promised to call it right down the middle. All right? He's going to be even (laughs) Stephen. It's not Colby Covington. It's not Sean O'Malley. But uh, you'll see who it is in a matter of moments. So, (laughs) And we will crown a winner. Oh, Oh, as a matter of fact, let's see.
5: No, this is (laughs) garbage. Yeah. Yeah, he promised What's to call up, it down man? the middle last time, too, and he intentionally just cratered me. This is trash.
3: You know, he can't. he's muted right now. But.
5: Also, we're two years into a pandemic, and Sean still can't figure out how to use Zoom.
6: <laughs> two things. This isn't Zoom and Skype. Very different. Uh, not very different at all. But also, I never <laughs> promised last time at all to call it down the middle. Not, <laughs> not one I Thomas, actually, I actually came in. I actually came in immediately saying I'm not going to call this down the middle. I'm coming in with (laughs) an uh, an agenda. But this time I made a promise. I will absolutely call it down the middle. I am unbiased here. It's nice to see you, Mr. Kelleher. It's been a while.
4: Let's go Phoenix Uh, Suns.
6: Oh, see that's how you pander to the judge right there. Look at that. That's a a pro move right there. All all neutral here. I'm Switzerland. I'm ready to hear
3: the arguments. All right. Sean Elshadi is ready to hear this. One minute on the clock for both these gentlemen. We have to turn it on over to Jed Mishu. I'm sure we already know where he's going with this yeah, champions prerogative.
5: The <laughs>
3: <from the> <laughs> I figured as much. I figured you'd be quaking a little bit, so a little bit. All right. So listen, I have a feeling we're gonna be diving more into this into this card and this topic as the week progresses, but I did want to talk about it and briefly mention it here in this final segment of the program. UFC Vegas thirty-six is going down this Saturday. And a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about UFC Vegas 34 and Jed Mishu so eloquently sold us on that card being so awful that we should find something else, anything else in the entire world to do besides watch UFC Vegas 34. It ended up being a pretty entertaining card. But we have this card on Saturday, Brian Kelleher. We have Derek Brunson versus Darren Till in the main event. Some very interesting fights. It's an early start time, which I dig. In the next one minute, I need you to sell us on this card. Why should we watch UFC Vegas 36 on Saturday? Headlined by Derek Brunson versus Darren Till. We're going to put one minute on the clock. Mr. Kelleher, your time starts now.
4: uh oh, I don't know. I'm lost right now, to be honest. With you. I mean, Darren Till is the only reason for me. Like, I want to see where Darren Till's at. I want to see if he's the next challenger for uh, Israel Adesanya. We haven't seen that fight um, You know, Derek Brunson's a guy that could wrestle. He's been fighting really smart. He's been taking guys down and, and having really good game plans against guys. And uh, I think uh, with Darren Till, uh, he'll struggle to do that. But also you got Patty the baddie. I think that's an interesting guy coming up. Uh, they say that this guy's got uh, a lot of hype behind him, kind of like Conor McGregor style. And uh, I'm interested to see him perform. It's been a while. Uh, he was, you know, supposed to come into the UFC couple of years ago, I think, but kind of stayed patient and waited till now. Um, and um, that's all I got for you. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't go. know I don't
3: know. What I I'm. I think you sold a couple people, Brian. I think a couple of you are going to watch this card that may not have <laughs> thought about it before. Let's turn on over to Jed Mishu. Jed is normally the guy saying, relace your tennis shoes, go play pickleball, go be out with your friends. As opposed yeah, to watching this so UFC good. card, it's but so uh, <laughs> <with you. laughs> but here we are, UFC Vegas 36, Brunson versus Till in the main event. Some other interesting stories on this card as well. One minute on the clock, Jed. No one's going. No one's doing anything else. We have to watch this card. Sell us on it. Your time starts now.
5: This is easy. Look, I'm the guy who tells you not to watch cards. I tell you to go to MMAfighting.com. Get the recaps. Get the highlights. Get it all quickly and then you don't spend eight hours of your day. Not for this one. This card's awesome. Let's just start right here. Almost everybody on it has a Wikipedia page. That's right. I know that's crazy in this day and age, but almost every fighter and one of the few who doesn't is Patty Pimplett, who's another reason to show up. This dude is exciting. People think he's way better than he is, but he is still a fun guy and he brings an R and energy that you're going to want to watch. Uh, Juliana Rosa, Charles Jourdain, Loki Banger, that fight's going to be insane Featherweight's going at it. You have the rare occurrence in the co-main event of two heavyweight prospects fighting. When does heavyweight get prospects that aren't 30 or older? Never. We get that going. And the main event. The main event's great because if Derek Brunson wins, seconds. he is not going to get a title fight. But if Darren Till wins, he might get a title fight. You don't ever get that dynamic in the world where a man who can only succeed through <laughs> failure and a man who cannot succeed despite success are matching up. It's going to be bang.
3: All right. We will now turn it on over to, <laughs> t- to Shad El Shadi. Uh, he's just, Let me promised. just
4: say, if I get the point, this whole thing's rigged. Right? <laughs> 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 oh,
3: man. Unreal. All right, Sean. Tough decision, my friend. Tough decision.
5: I <laughs> oh my God.
6: I hope you give him the point. Now I kind of just want to give it to Brian because just to prove that this game is, in fact, rigged. But, I mean, you really didn't try very hard on that answer. I'm not going to lie. he didn't sell me on it. Kind of pulled the Dana White of just like, eh, watch it or don't. I don't really care. Go do something else with your life. Uh, who's currently the champion here, Mike?
3: I don't know if I oh, should uh, tell you this. Yeah, Jed is. Okay,
6: I have I have now I've decided my winner.
3: Okay, let's hear it. I'm doing some dramatic pause for effects, you know. Oh, okay. okay. And the winner, and still, Jed Mishu. Wow, this is, and he got the Sean Alshati rub, which might mean more than the win itself. Jed, is that is that accurate?
5: You know, me and Sean have a a hate-hate relationship, and so it's not getting any better, but I appreciate that he did call it down the line. I I would have loved to see what he'd said had Brian not come out and basically commanded him to choose me, because I don't know if that helped or hurt me, but uh, Brian, I I respect you, sir, for for being an honest man, playing the game the right way. Humble, humble guy, man, I gotta be honest with it. That's, that's just good character, is what that is. Character reveals itself in the hard times.
3: That's right. Jed, 30 seconds, my man. Whatever you want to talk about. The floor is yours.
5: Look, I'm, I'm only going to talk about one thing, and it's Colby Covington, where are you at, man? Been calling you out for months. You're about to go get your ass beat by one dude. Come take a verbal beat down ahead of time. Then you can be ready for it. You can be prepared. I Look, I promise this. I will help you combat Kamara Usman on the mic because God knows you need the help. So come to me, you take this work, take the L, and then we can workshop. It. We can get your game tight. You're still going to lose in the cage, but we can make people interested and you can get that bag, baby.
3: Well said. <laughs> so- <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> so- uh, tremendous stuff. Brian, I appreciate you coming on, my man. Anything you want to say to the peeps before we wrap up the program here?
4: no thanks a lot man thanks for having me on it was fun good stuff jed um uh, yeah uh, o'malley let's go man november 6th what are you waiting for man i'm not ranked i'm not ranked i'm old i'm 35 i'm washed come on let's do this <laughs> sign the contract sugar let's go <laughs> sign the contract
3: <laughs> and sean thank you for coming on i have a feeling you're gonna have a very busy week more on that can, can you reveal anything anything at all
6: uh, I cannot, and actually, we have had a few change of plans, so actually, I can't
3: reveal anything. <laughs> okay, okay. You
6: know?
0: uh, what kind uh, of a you there?
3: <laughs> Stay tuned to MMAfighting.com, ladies and gentlemen. Surprises galore. Changes are coming. Who knows? Uh, but that's it. We're getting out of here. Between the Links is wrapped. Again, we are on Tuesdays. From here on out, Tuesdays is where you can find BTL, right here on the MMA Fighting Podcast Network, wherever you find your favorite podcast. So for Brian Kelleher, Shout out Shadi and the judging the champion, Jed Mishu. I am Mike Heck. We'll see you back here next week once again between the legs. Good night, everybody.